All right, welcome back to the Ottawa studios of Inside My Canoe Head. Thanks again for everybody who keeps reaching out, giving us great ideas for future shows. We got a lot in the pipe for the upcoming months of April and May and June, and so keep them coming. Some great ideas. Today, I really want to talk about the crazy world. Uh, The world's on fire, and what does that mean for you? So sit back, grab yourself a beverage. Let's get at her. So listening to that guitar rift, you're either thinking of one of two things, a 1970s cop drama on TV or something completely different. You know what I'm talking about. So, all right, today we want to talk about the crazy 2023. The world's on fire. We know it. Some orange haired guy got arrested uh, and a whole bunch of other traumatic things are happening. The problem is, is that you live in an information vacuum but are the most informed population in the world. And so what that means is that likely a lot of people don't know what's going on elsewhere in the world, aside from the snippets that you're fed and whatever legacy media government owned and controlled system that you listen to. And I'll be blunt with you, pretty much every mainstream um Media that is out there in North America, at least, is either owned or controlled by a corporation that takes money from political power. So be that what it may, it often helps you out to seek out other parts of information. So where can you get that? Listen, I'm going to tell you, go on to YouTube, find Al Jazeera and just watch their live coverage. Watch their nightly newscast and you'll hear about activities in African countries and elections that you didn't even know the country existed. This is the type of information that keeps you informed. Now, Al Jazeera is owned 100% and funded by the Qatari government. So is there a bias there? Absolutely. But they tell stories that you don't hear anywhere else. And that's why information is powerful. But let's get back to the crazy on fire world. Listen, it's all about location, right? Everything matters in location. It's real estate, no matter what we're talking about, where you are affects uh, and basically lays out the roadmap for everything that is happening to you, about you, and around you. If you are sitting in Africa, you're looking at a whole, or the global south in general, you're looking at a whole different uh, set of parameters. Let's be honest. And, and what I like to use to, for this discussion is framing the Ukrainian conflict, right? So call it a Russian invasion. Big bad Russia invaded Ukraine. And if you watch North American or European um, uh, news broadcasts, it would seem that the world is united against the Russian aggression. In reality, when you look at the rest of the world, it is a minority of countries that are supporting Ukraine, uh, both monetarily and with weapons. Uh, Those are some very rich and probably the countries with some of the largest GDP percentage of the world that's estimated to be about 25% of the world's GDP is actively contributing dollars and cents, weapons, technology, and other equipment in support of Ukraine. 75% of the world's GDP is represented by nations are either neutral or 
are openly ignoring the sanction regime put down by the West and are trading and and prospering because of discounted pricing from Russia. So we don't have a united world against this conflict. And the reason I say that is not because I'm looking for you to take a proponent or an act or a position on one side or the other. It's that understanding the information void that you live in. And if you look, I, I live here in Canada. If I just look at the Canadian news broadcast, I get the impression that the world is backing Ukraine in their struggle against the big evil Putin and his invasion. When in reality, the answer to that question is absolutely no, they're not. Um, and the global south, the preponderance of population in the world and the, the large balance of the GDP in the world is either apathetic or really d- couldn't give two hoots that Russia invaded Ukraine. They've got their own problems to solve and discounted Russian products are a great way to boost their economy. So listen, it is all about location, whether you're in the Middle East right now and you're sitting next to a couple of failed states of Lebanon, Syria, uh, the ongoing conflicts and the difficulty in the governance of Israel right now. That's a pretty hot place, and you have a completely set of different concerns that if you're sitting in Eastern Europe and you're queasingly looking at a border with Russia and not sure what's coming your way next. So these are different, but Here at Inside My Canoehead, we like to zero in on the principle of understanding personal responsibility. And when you're looking at a world in chaos, it is your responsibility to understand and seek out the information that supports what could go wrong where I am now. Now, it's very important as an informed individual in this world to understand world events and to have an educated and theoretically based or however you want to look at it opinion on the world and and to express that opinion as an element of your right to free speech or freedom of expression here in Canada. The issue, though, is you live where you live. That is a choice that you make right now, as long as you are an adult of 18, blah, blah, blah. You, your citizenship is a choice. I am a Canadian citizen. I have the ability based upon uh, who I am and where I choose to live to renounce my Canadian citizenship and seek citizenship elsewhere. I, I have the ability to move and live in alternate countries or different parts of the world. The location matters. You've chosen the location you're in. You have the ability to be mobile and choose a different location. Nobody's saying you have to run from issues, but if you're facing a significant issue, you have to consider about uh, your options to be mobile and leave. The other thing is, is do you embrace and accept where you live? That's one of your choices. Listen, you decide, I live in Canada. I have a government of Canada that's doing X. I have a choice to embrace it and just accept it. This is the direction my country is going in. This is the direction my government is choosing. And therefore, I will happily abide and go along with that and just continue on my joyous and wonderful existence. But I also have the ability to fight for change. If my government is headed in a direction or if there is conflict brewing on my borders, I have the ability to stand up and fight for a different outcome, to push for the government to make a different set of choices. So it's really a dichotomy of do I 
stand up and fight for what I believe should be happening in the country and the location where I live? Or do I sit back and take it and let it happen and just find the leverage to advance within society? So there is a great number of people and a theorist that I've been following lately who speak to the value of quiet advancement. And this is, I don't know if it's an official phrase, but I'm using it. Quiet advancement is where I'm leveraging my abilities within the structure of society. So I'm not openly combative. I'm not going all over social media and calling the government idiotic, etc. What I'm doing is I'm figuring out how to navigate the situations that I'm faced with right now. I'm finding avenues for success. I'm exploiting those and I'm growing my wealth both personal, financial, mental, and physical health within the parameters that exist around me. So I'm quietly advancing. I'm growing my wealth. I'm growing my company. I'm growing this podcast. I'm expanding my deliverables. I'm expanding the things that I offer to the world. I'm building a marketing campaign. I'm doing all of these things within the parameters that are legally set out for me. I'm just quietly getting my poop together and making it and knocking it out of the freaking park, right? Within the parameters that I'm in. Now, if I face open conflict or invasion from a foreign power, that is going to be very difficult to do. So therefore, I would have to consider locational change. So it's really about that stoic principle of dichotomy of control, right? You live in Germany. I've got a couple of, I've got a really good friend who lives in Germany and she listens to this podcast and she's a fantastic human being. And hopefully uh, in the coming years, I'll have the privilege to sit down and have a, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or maybe even a German beer with her. Um, she chooses to remain in Germany. She chooses to uh, execute humanitarian response in Ukraine, right? She has option, an incredibly intelligent, well-educated multilingual. I think she's up to five or seven languages now that she speaks. She has the ability to geolocate herself and her family to a different part of the world to where she could live in a much safer environment. But she chooses to remain because she's committed to the society where she resides. She's committed to her cause and she will not go quietly into that good night. And for that, I have the utmost respect for her, right? That is a choice that makes sense for her. So she is not all over social media slamming everybody else. She is quietly advancing and making a phenomenal difference in the world in her own chosen field. But she chooses to remain in a volatile place. Some general theorists like Peter Zion uh, Daily and a Dalio and a couple of others say that you know 2020s will be solved in Europe by who wins the war fight between Germany and Russia, and that Germany and Russia are going to go to conflict again, and the winner of that will determine stability in Europe. Now the question is. Um, why would you stick around for that? Well, I mean, I've just lauded all the reasons why she does, but the issue is that's what's coming. Now, now there's some great stuff. Um, 
there's a couple of good later podcasts that people talk about the world, you know, the next war is, is not going to be traditionally what you think it is, right? It's not necessarily going to be fought by, you know, lines of tanks crossing the open berms of uh, northern Belarus to cross into Russia or something along that lines. We're talking cyber, economic, global technological warfare, uh, and things along that lines. That's the type of technological warfare. That's the type of warfare that's going to exist. And how do you succeed in that? And the point of all of this is to understand that you, in a modern sense, in a developer-developing world, have the choice of location, the choice to fight, the choice to just go along with it, but also the choice in the middle of it to find and carve out your piece, leverage what you can, and advance as far as you may. So very similar to preparedness, you got to ask yourself the question, in this chaotic 20 20s and in 2023 where we are right now and in the coming decade, whether you're sitting in Syria, you're listening to this podcast in Kenya, Germany, the United Kingdom, Tasmania, for some strange reason, I still don't have a download in South America, but there, there are listeners all around the world to this podcast. So you got to think about your geolocation, where you are, and are you, and ask yourself this very simple question, are you ready to navigate what is likely to be a coming disruption for where you are. Now, I sit in Canada and North America. Nobody's ever going to invade us. We are a self-sufficient continent, so we will never have a food shortage here. We will never have an energy shortage here. We will never have global conflict come to our plate. So I live in a very different world than somebody who lives in Latvia or somebody who lives in uh, Equatorial Guinea or somebody in the Democratic Republic of Congo or somebody who lives in... Uh, South Korea staring across the demilitarized zone. Each one of these countries has a different set of circumstances in the context of a global conflict world. And because of that, you have to ask your questions. I've made the choice to live in Canada or stay in Canada. I turned 18. I became an adult. I learned the le- I earned the legal right to be mobile. I chose to remain in Canada, and right now I am choosing to remain in Canada, but I am also planning to leave this country because I believe there will be circumstances that may come to pass in the coming couple of years that will lead me to believe that it is no longer sustainable to remain uh, as a permanent resident in Canada and that there are far more advantageous places in the world to be. So while I am building that plan, to uh, find an alternate place, an alternate country in this world to live, should those conditions come to fruition, I have to look at what I'm faced with here in my country, and that is likely to be some type of natural or some type of disruptive disaster that is uh, industrial in nature. But what I also have to look beyond is the cultural fight. Now, this is that light up the cigars, baby, get out the whiskey. Here we go. We're going to talk about uh, wokeism and we're going to talk about culture wars. No, I'm not going down that road, folks. Uh, Sorry to light you up like that. But there is a culture war happening in my country. There is uh, a number of ideologies that are emerging uh, that challenge the status quo. 
And those are going to have to be worked out by Canadian society. And these are no different anywhere in the world. But as Canada, I think that's the greatest threat to the ongoing success of the Canadian country experiment is the current cultural fight that is underway and the economic chaos that is being rained down upon the civil citizens as a result of that fight. So where we decide to go as a country from the cultural discussions, from where we decide to go on the climate front and where we decide to go on the freedom front is all going to impact how our society successfully operates and we'll lay out a groundwork as to whether it remains a place that is worthy uh, of remaining a resident of, right? And so we're in the middle of that fight. And so I'm in a different fight than somebody would be in a different part of the world, right? Um, but that doesn't mean my fight is better or worse or less invasive or less, or less challenging. It's that this is my fight. This is the world that I'm presented with and what my 2020s will look like and what may emerge from the 2020s is going to look different than what will emerge uh, in eastern Belarus, right? What happens in the country of Belarus when uh, Lyshenko is no longer in power? The man will die, right? What happens? The generation that's holding on to dictatorial power in Belarus, what happens to that government? If Ukraine, which the likely outcome of Ukraine, it'll be neutralized at best, conquered at worst. If Belarus falls and Ukraine falls, and when I mean falls from the Russian perspective, as I mean neither one of them are pro or neutral states, um, Russia can't exist as a country. It's simply impossible with the Russia to exist as a nation on Earth if satellite control does not exist around it. And because of that, then what happens to uh, Russia? What happens to the citizens of Russia? So that's a, if you're a citizen and listening to this podcast in Russia, which I have a couple of downloads, I'm not sure I can get through some barriers right now, but you have to be prepared. I mean, if you're a citizen of Russia and you're not fighting in Ukraine and you're not conscripted, you have to think about what does my world look like? What is what is the coming conclusion of this conflict going to look like? If I'm sitting in Germany, Germany is uh, facing a pretty existential crisis with when it comes to their economy. There are some arguing that the German economy is done. It's literally done as the powerhouse of Europe. And over the next five to seven years, it will unravel. It won't quite reach failed state, but the German economic uh, heydays are over. Now, not everybody believes that. Uh, some do because German manufacturing is, is basically having significant difficulty with exports, etc. But the point being is where you live, understanding the conflict struggles that you face in a chaotic world, understanding first, am I ready to deal with them? Am I prepared to deal with the realization, as we call in emergency management, when a hazard is realized, Ike, I live on an earthquake, I live on a, on a geo uh, fault, an earthquake is a realization of the hazard. If these real, 
hazards are realized, if war comes, if economic collapse comes, if pandemic comes, if these things that I am more than likely to face occur, am I ready to navigate those? And do I wish to continue to live in a location on this planet that faced with those type of struggles are, is likely to occur. And that's a, that's a choice you have to do. And if you choose to remain, then you have to decide, how am I going to navigate it? Am I just going to accept the world as is, sit back, drink my whiskey, smoke my cigar, and chat with my friends and enjoy life? Am I going to stand up and fight for something, a change that I see value in? Or am I just going to quietly advance? Am I going to quietly build my freaking empire while the, everybody else is running around and worried about other issues? I'm going to drive up right up the middle driveway to wealth. And all of these things are important, but you need to face it. The 2020s are going to be disruptive. So thank you very much for joining us this week. I hope the little conversation about crazy 2023 was interesting. That gave you a bit of reflection as to where you sit in this world, what you're likely to face, and are you ready to challenge it uh, and ready to succeed? Because remember, it's not just about surviving. It's about thriving. So thank you very much once again for joining us. Drop over to our website at www.insidemycanoehead.ca. Sign up for our weekly newsletter that goes out. We talk about a lot of things that come out on the podcast, some blogs that I put out online. Uh, Follow us on all the social medias. We're trying to put out a few things here and there. We're building a marketing plan for the end of April. And the book, the book is in its final stages. Complete reviews from the editor are done. Final tweaking and it will be soft launch later next week. And the hard launch will come at the end of the month. And it will be followed up, believe it or not, my friends, by an online video course in emergency preparedness. So if you think all of that is a great idea and you enjoy what you hear or you don't enjoy and you want to pay me so I stop talking, drop over to buy me a coffee slash I am canoehead. Buy me a coffee. The link is on our www.insidemycanoehead.ca and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care and enjoy this long weekend.